Well, folks, once again, you're listening to the Biscuits and Gravy Show. I do have Mr. Rich Merrick with us tonight as part of the program. I am so glad that he's with me. He comes on whenever uh, Mr. Nelson is not available to be with us. And uh, I will I will just handle the business real quick. And then uh, we're going to go into a conversation that Rich and I had earlier tonight. Uh, we had intended this conversation to be the regular show. We had some audio problems in the program, and so we had to take out the first part, which was honestly it was nothing but silliness and goofiness, and it wasn't even funny. So maybe you can be blessed that I cut that part out. But I will uh, tell you that we uh, we have a corporate sponsor that is uh, McDonald's Corporation. I've had a good hamburger there a couple of the weeks times this week, and I will tell you that I'm so glad I did because I'm on a diet. And I just had the small cheeseburger, and it tasted, oh, so delicious. It really did. Uh, when you're on a diet and you have something like that, boy, it just feels like heaven. Our website is uh, VintageBiscuits.com or... Uh, our fantastic website.com. Special thanks to Rodney Barton, our executive consultant. And uh, also don't forget to visit our Facebook page, The Biscuits and Gravy Bunch. We are heard on QSTAR Radio, QSTAR FM, KKTY Tiger Country Radio, WBM Radio, Good Talk Radio, Delmarva Talk Radio, and ApexRadioNet.com, as well as the Leading Edge Radio Network. And I know that I'm kind of rushing through all of that because we've got a lot of stuff to cover. And uh, I'm going to bring it in right now where uh, Richard and I uh, came back in with a conversation talking about uh, the stimulus money, the COVID-19 virus, social distancing, so much to cover in this show. It was a really good episode, and I had a good time with my friend Rich Merrick. So we were talking about the stimulus money that's coming through, and you mentioned you'd rather see the people get it than the airlines and the car manufacturers Right. I, I, I have a little bit of mixed feeling about that because I know that like when the factories get it, it's supposed to trickle down through the employees. They make the products and, you know, it does trickle down. However, there has been some documented cases where that isn't always the case. There was a gentleman, I believe in Texas, that had a front company and he applied for some money, uh, one of these grants to help pay for, you know, keep his employees on the payroll. Turns out he didn't have any employees, and he took the money that he scammed out of the government and bought himself a brand new Lamborghini. True story. I, yeah, I think I heard something about that too. But you know, here's my thing with the corporations. You know, um, and, and especially you know when you start looking at public corporations like Walmart, uh, Walmart, uh, Lowe's, Home Depot. They're a pretty good examples. Right. Their their whole profit margin, and they're 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 driven by their investors, and they're, of course their investors want to make money. I I get that, I understand that, but in times like this right now, mm -hmm. I guess you know if you if you want to take care of your employees, you know, and and you really are about taking care of your people, then maybe you got to forego a little bit of profit to take care of your employees and forego a little bit of capital gains for your investors to right. you know inst instead of instead of making 10% on your investment maybe you're only going to make 7% this time around you know right. but you know I'm not saying that anybody should lose in the in the game by any means but 
maybe it's you know instead of putting you know 10 billion in your pocket maybe you should only put 5 billion in your pocket and then invest 5 billion back into the people sure. that are making you that money you know you know that money it's it's not a lot but in the long run you know it will put a dent in a, somebody's personal finances i was right. look, i was looking at some utilities website today and the gas company was one of them and they said uh, we're not shutting people off during this time but right. if you need help with some payment, contact, you know, whatever. And I thought, well, that's that's really nice, but you're still going to owe that money when this is all over eventually. And, right. you, you know, if you've got a $30 a month gas bill, uh, $1,200, $2,400 will go a long way towards that electricity rent. It'll go a long way. It won't go the whole way. Um, exactly. But um, that's... You know, I... I and, and see, even on the stimulus things, you know... Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, the last stimulus, there was a lot of spending that was unnecessary. You know, people spent money that, uh, that money that, you know, buying things that are nice instead of taking care of what they needed to take care of, you know. And uh, that's where my other, my other problem comes in. You know, I, I don't know how or, or where you would do this or how you would do this, but, you know, Instead of um, just a flat-out stimulus, give you um, I'm going to give you five thousand um, yeah. dollars. Let me make let me make your mortgage payment. Let me pay your gas. Let me pay your electric. Right. You know. Um, yeah, that you know, would help me. I, I mean, yeah. in, in a case like that, that's that's I will tell you what, that's the exact same reason I went ahead and paid off my credit card because I right. thought no, I got my interest down to nothing now for one thing. The other thing is that's one less payment I'm going to have to make every month. Right, I'm, I'm exactly. done with it, you know. And f and the only way I w we were able to do that was we just happened to have a little bit of money in savings. Right. I and I'm fortunate. Me and my wife are both fortunate to have a little bit of that in savings. But there's a lot of people out there that don't. No, exactly. And but... uh, I understand that because I, I was telling Sarah, you know, uh, some years back, there was a time being a single father. Uh, living in a trailer that after I got, I always, always, number one thing was always paying the utilities and the rent. Cause I'm not, I'm not going without a place to live. Period. Right. You know, they might shut my gas off, but they're not shutting my electricity or, <laughs> or my, you know, I, they might shut my internet off, but they're not, I'm not getting kicked out or evicted. So, right. but I was telling her there was a time when after I got through Paying the bills, and I, you know, I always paid the bills right when I got paid. That way, they're done and out of the way. And uh, I would go down to Walmart and buy some groceries. I got really good at, I call it shopping bachelor style. You right. know, ramen noodles, mac and cheese, spam, um, the the cheap generic cereal. And people, right. people wonder why I'm a diabetic. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, I, and when I got done, I didn't eat good, but I ate, you know. And uh, I was telling Sarah when all this was said and done, there was times when I was I had just gotten paid, and I was two days into that period, and I was lucky. I felt lucky if I had ten dollars worth of gas to put in my motorcycle. Sure. And um, I, thank goodness for places like Facebook Marketplace, where I could sell off something I bought years ago and have a little extra cash. Right. You know, because my inevitably my son would always want something. You know, of and uh, being a single father, you know, um, you, you, we tend to compensate with the with the uh, material possessions and the you know the monetary items because 
I, I know how hard it is for single kids, especially in two parent situations. Uh, sure. You know, it's not that there, there's an element of competition there between the parents. And I tried not to be that way. But at the same time, I wanted to provide for him, you know, things that he wasn't getting. It, that was my stimulus package to him, I guess you could say. <laughs> so I guess the, I guess I, you know, in the big picture, the big scheme of things, I can kind of understand how that all works. But in those days, to, 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 if I was to receive a check from the government for $1,200, oh my word, that would have gone a long way, you know? Right, right, right. And, and, uh, and- and that's just it, you know. I mean, um, when those checks came out, we watched. I watched, you know, the packages, the oh, the, I can imagine the online buying and and all of that, and it, you know, it it rose, ex, you know, exponentially to that monetary thing, you know. And that's that's what I'm saying is, you know, I mean, if if we're gonna do stimuluses, then it needs to be used in the right way, you know. That's that's my big thing about it, you know, and. You know, just doing it, you know, just buying things that are nice because you got the extra money, you know, that's, um, right. You know, um, put a roof over your head, you know, as you said, you know, I, you know, don't, don't go without your roof over your head, your electricity, your gas, you know, I mean, those sort of things are, that are going to keep you comfortable. And, you know, you don't necessarily need, you know, as you, you know, like you said, uh, you'd rather go without the internet than to go without a house, uh, a roof over your head and, and the electricity turned on. You right. Know? Yeah. You got to have, and I, I actually heard a woman that I used to work with one time. She's, she said, I find it amazing that when I go to uh, rent an apartment, they always want to do a credit check and find out how long I've lived in the last place. And, you know. And she's like, I don't, I don't understand this credit check. She goes, I realize there are people out there that don't pay their rent, and and I've seen it happen. I was a cop, you know, people wouldn't pay their rent, sure. and they get evicted, and they, they, you know, they can't get them out for ninety days or six months in some cases because the sheriffs were so backed up that they couldn't serve the eviction notices. She says, I get that. She says most people aren't that way, and I agree with her. I don't think most people are that way. You know, we're going to have a roof over our heads no matter what. No right, matter what. right. So, um, anyway, I always thought that's interesting because I, I thought, well, that's, that's the same way I feel. And, uh, I'll, I'll tell you right now in my current situation, I feel, I don't want to call it a burden because it doesn't feel like a burden, but a sense of responsibility to take right. care of my family more than I ever have in my life. Yes. I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, um, I, uh, I, I feel like, you know, the only persons, the only people that matter are my family, you know, I mean, as far as protecting, taking care of, doing what needs to be done. Yeah. You know, they come first, you know, and then, you know, if I've got extra afterwards, uh, I'll help anybody that needs help, you know, but, um, well, you you and I are lucky because we've been employed through this whole situation. Right. You have a, a, a government job, which I'll let you give your waiver here in a minute. Um, I have a job that I recruit people to work from home. I've been doing that for five years, long before COVID ever came around. And as you can imagine, when COVID hit, people started getting laid off. Uh, my workload at least quadrupled. Maybe maybe more than that. Maybe doubled a quadruple. I don't know. Um, but I have been fortunate enough to be extremely extremely busy i know that when i get up in the morning 
Monday morning, I've had two days off. I'm probably going to have a hundred and somewhere around a hundred to 110 emails of people emailing me. What's the next step for this job? Right. And I love it. And I absolutely love it because I know that I'm helping people in this time. But I also know that there's more people on our, our team. What we do, matter of fact, um, our team is growing all the time. But I know that when this is over, things go back to normal. If they do, brick and mortar buildings go back. And there's less people working at home. That there, there could come a time when they're like, okay, um, we don't have as many work at home jobs anymore, so we don't need as many recruiters. Right. So, so my thought is, and this goes back to taking care of my family and that sense of responsibility. My thought is, I've got, I've got to be, even though this job is so easy right now for me, I've got to make sure I'm number one. I'm making more offers. Right. I'm making more hires. That way when, and this goes with any line of business, any boss with any common sense, if they got to lay somebody off, unless they're unionized, they don't look at seniority. It's not right. It's not the first thing you look at because you know as well as I do, present company excluded, of course, seniority doesn't really mean anything. Some of the laziest people in the workforce are lazy because they know they have a lot of seniority. Exactly. I, I've seen that. But I know, like in my profession, if I am not number one, if if they looked at, we got to lay somebody off, who's it going to be? Well, let's look at the numbers. Who Who's the most productive? I'm going to be the last on the list. That's my goal. Right. That's my goal. So that goes all the way back to taking care of my family, making sure I'm in a position. And I've got a beautiful job that... When, if and when I move, I can take it with me. Right. I, I can, I could potentially, Sarah would shudder if I said this to her. Um, we, we could live in a motorhome and I could do my job and travel around the country. I would love that. That would be ideal. But <laughs> some women, uh, don't, you know, they want that big kitchen and they want that fenced in yard and picket fence. And I get that. I do. Um, me, I'd, I'd, I'd like to travel around. If if I hadn't met Sarah and gotten remarried, my plan was to wait till Seth graduated, got out on his own, and I was either going to do the motorcycle vagabond thing or a pop-up camper around the country. Right. And uh, if I did the motorcycle vagabond thing, I was going to quit my job and just wash dishes, you know, <laughs> be like the Route 66 <laughs> guys, you know. That was my plan. And, you know, because I thought, well, you know, if you're not making anything, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about getting anything. <laughs> So, rooms to rent for 50 cents? Yeah, that sort of thing. You know, rake a yard, whatever, get enough gas, uh, five bucks a gas to get in the motorcycle and travel on to the next town, whatever. You're right. I right. would love that. That's a, that's That was my bachelor's dream. Uh, that was my second bachelor's dream. My first bachelor's dream was to find somebody like Sarah and marry her, so I won the lottery there. There so, you go. Yeah. Now, let's let's talk a little bit about, because I am so confused... What in the world is going on between Trump and the post office? I'm hearing different things. I'm, I'm not, I'm not able to put this puzzle together. But before we do, let's give your, uh, you go ahead and give your little speech that you. Sure, want. sure. So for those who know who I'm employed with, um, the opinions that I'm going to espouse in the next few minutes are my own opinions and not the opinions of my employer, nor are they in any way associated with my employer other than that's who I'm employed by. And uh, we're, we're I, not even going to say who you're employed by. I, I'm sure everybody will figure it out here. Yeah, right. Minute, but, <laughs> right. Um, 
you know, I, I, I want everybody to understand that these are my opinions and they're, they're definitely not the opinions of my employer. And a lot of it is just fact and, uh, things that at least as far as I'm concerned is the way I see them. Well, I, let, and let me give my waiver. I'm not asking you because these questions, because of who your employer is. I'm asking you because you are Rich Merrick, my friend, and, and you have an opinion and you're entitled to your opinion. And you're entitled to give your friend an opinion in front of a national and, audience. <laughs> and, and it happens, and it happens to be what's on the national front right now. Right, so, it does happen uh, to be there. Know, so, so, so what? Uh, tell, explain what's going on. So, I, I I look at this. You know, there's been a lot of things said. Uh, I look back, and you know, uh, prior to the current postmaster general. Um, I look back and I think about all the things I've been here. I, I had heard uh, it previously. Um, oh, we need to get the fat out of the post office. We need we they they need to run more like a business. They need to you know uh, profit margin kind of things. Although we're right. not allowed to. Although the post office is not allowed to make a profit. Right. So so these things have never really been. I mean. I was always of the opinion we needed a postmaster general and, and only as an example, somebody like a Bill Gates, a, uh, a Warren Buffett, somebody who really knew how to run a business. Right. We got that with postmaster DeJoy. And, That's what I heard is she's more and, business oriented or DeJoy. He is a he, he right? He, uh, yes, yes. That he's more business oriented. Uh, and that's, that's why he did. So he got the position. Right. So the first thing he does, he comes in and, and he cuts 23 of the top positions, top earners in the post office. Okay. Okay. Says, we don't need this no more. Okay. So we're cutting the fat out. Right. I'm like, wow, man, somebody actually going to look at and go, we're, these are redundant. You know, that's, that's the way I see it. Uh, uh, that these are redundant. There's no need for all of this big, big paying jobs that are doing the same thing over and over. You know, that's the way I see it. Um, and, and what I see, what he did. And then he started talking about changing things that would improve the overall efficiency of the post office. Well, unfortunately, everybody got in an uproar. Mm-hmm. And uh, those things have been rescinded, at least until after the election at this point. Removal of blue boxes, uh, removal of sorting machines, all that stuff has been so put on hold. That's hold. My, my question: that blue boxes get removed on a regular basis or not? Yes, yeah, actually, blue boxes. Uh, they're they're. Um, uh, Do they have so, like a lifespan or something? Uh, no, not a lifespan. So what they look at is how much mail is is being put into the blue box. Ah, okay. Um, and, and so there's a certain percentage, and I'm not going to go with numbers. I know what our numbers are here, but uh, so it's not. A, it's this box is not being used enough to justify its location. Right. So it's it's kind of gotcha. along the same kind of along the same idea as would would you keep a, a product on stock in your shelf in your grocery store? That only one person bought one 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 of every week. Right. No, you wouldn't. So it's kind of the same idea. If a box is underused, they're either going to remove that box from that area, or they're going to reposition that box to a higher traffic area. Because it costs it may- money for a carrier to go out there and pick that up. Right. So if yeah, every day, yeah. if every day you're stopping by a, a a a blue box to pick up the mail that's non-existent. Then that's you know five ten minutes of time 
that that is being non-productive. Right. You know, it's not it's not producing any revenue, and it's costing. You know, and and so that's where it goes. But um, historically, um, between 2011 and 2016, so here's here's a, a little known fact, or maybe a lot of known fact, but. There were 14,000 blue boxes removed across the United States between 2011 and 2016. Okay. Okay. So prior to Trump's election, but there was no screaming about, oh, my God, it's going to ruin an election. You're right. So, oh, you know, there's, so it's the, the media the, playing it up. Yeah. So I, I, I truly believe that there is a lot of. A okay. Lot of media thing. So the what? Because the way I'm getting it, the way I'm, you know, there's always two messages: my message transmitted and the message received. The message received for me is Trump and the post office are at odds with each other. Yeah, I, I, you know, that it's like everything else. He said a lot of things that um, kind of, you know, uh, rankle people. You know, could, could and, have been could and, have been executed a little bit clearer. Yeah, yeah, de yeah, definitely. You know, he rankles a lot of people. He says a lot of things, and I think he says a lot of things. Um, and just in, in in my general opinion, he says a lot of things kind of on the "let me test the waters" kind of thing. Right, you know, right. But here's one thing I've noticed about Trump too, in a lot of ways, and not necessarily in the way he says things. But there's a lot of things that he does. Me and my brother were talking about this two weeks ago. That you think his decision is just out of out of the blue and nowhere. You know, kind of crazy. What's he thinking? And then two weeks, something else happened, and you're like, oh, boy, am I glad he made that decision. Right, He's right, always right. about four to to eight moves ahead of us. And right. when, when we do get caught up to that, he's four to eight moves ahead even more. He keeps R keeps the treadmill going. Right, Now, right. I'm not saying all the time, but I've seen this in, in some situations, especially uh, in his foreign policy. I've seen a lot of that. And yes. I, I can't I can't help but think that he the man he he may not it's like he says I have words I have a lot of words I know a lot of words you know he does yeah um Biden knows a lot of words too and I will say this no matter what you think <laughs> Trump can put his words together better than Biden that's that's that goes with a, I actually had a guy on Facebook argue with that man you know and I, I he posted something about Biden, how he was in favor of Biden I was like Okay, and I just posted a little Trump 2020 thing under it, and he posted a little animated thing, Trump going, right. I have words, I know a lot of words, I know words, and I posted a link to a YouTube video underneath that, where Biden was just, he, it looked like he was, fell into a bucket of mud and was muddling everything, he couldn't make a sentence, you know? Right, And I was right. like, yeah, you don't tell me Trump can't talk, you know, not when you're, that's the best you got, you know? Right. <laughs> But so, uh, so, go ahead. So here's another issue, along with the the, the whole idea of, of what was happening in the post office, uh -huh. is this false narrative, and I, and I I call it a false narrative. I became skeptical of it from its get go, and that's mail mail in voting. Oh yeah. So are are you? My, let me just ask. Can I ask you a question before you proceed? Sure. Are you for it or against it? I'm for mail-in balloting or mail-in voting, but let me let me clarify that okay. before I say I'm for it. I I am for it. Do you uh, do you realize how long mail-in mail-in voting has been going on? Oh, a long time. I mean, the military does it. The first mail-in the first mail-in vote was during the Civil War. Okay. 
During the Civil War, the Union the Union soldiers were allowed to cast absentee ballots in their local elections by mail. Hmm. So we've had mail-in voting since the Civil War, absentee ballots. So I had this discussion with another person on the other side of the fence, and she said to me, well, but what about restrictions on it? So I had to do a little research and went back and looked at it because some states do have or had restrictions. It had to be certain things. You had to be in the military. You had to this, that, or whatever thing. Not all the states. Some states, it doesn't matter. You can request an absentee ballot even if you're sitting at your home and, and have the ability to go to a poll. <clears throat> so I went and looked. Well, all the states, even the states that had restrictions because of COVID right now, have removed those restrictions. If you don't want to go to the polls, you can request an absentee ballot. Okay. So, so now this makes me skeptical about this remaking the wheel of this new mail-in voting thing, you know, because we really have it in place. We have it in place. Why do we need to remake the wheel? Let me ask you this. Is it untamperable? No. Okay. Not by the post office. I'm talking about by the people who get the mail, the counters. No, it's it's definitely not. I mean, it's none of it is. Whether you look at the new system that they're trying to bring about, nor absentee ballots. Absentee ballots have had problems going way back. I mean, that's nothing new. Uh, we know that. Um, so let me ask you this. If you voted by mail, you would trust that your vote got counted accurately. I have never voted. Well, no, I shouldn't say <laughs> I shouldn't say I have never voted by mail because I spent three and a half years sure. in Germany. In Germany, And while I was in Germany, I did vote. We- twice by absentee ballot okay let me let me rephrase that question if you were to vote by absentee ballot right now would you trust that your vote would be counted accurately by the right people no okay okay all right but as far as the mail system getting said ballot from point a to point b you trust that yes i do i I mean there's there's weight there there there, there's a ton of control in that and um well Hmm. There's there's things that we have to be able to the post office has to be able to produce, sure to to show that we're moving and doing with these ballots what we're supposed to be. But doing. But who gets and, them and opens them up and what they do with them is out of the post post that's uh, right. office of hands. Once once we turn them over to the county yeah. clerks, uh-huh. that's then it's it's done. It's and a the, done you deal know, at the, that point. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate with you, and you may not like me. Uh, when I'm getting done with this question, but that's okay because we're friends and you know I'm just going to play devil's advocate. Hey, here. that's okay. Um, you work for said employer. Um, if you, uh, if you, let's say your wife went to the coast, LA or, you know, even Washington, D.C. or wherever. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, that this loved one needed money. Would you put, let, let's say they needed $1,000. Would you put 10 $100 bills in an envelope and mail it? No way. No, no, <laughs> and, not at all. Well, and, yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, unfortunately, just like any other group of people, the post office, I don't care what group of people you put together, whether it's the post, the postal system, Walmart employees, Lowe's right. employees, I don't care. What group of people you put together, there are going to be bad apples in it. And unfortunately, and and I don't think it's rampant across the post office, but there are bad apples there. There are there. Unfortunately, it is what it is. 
you know, the stories, uh, and, and, and this one, I, I can't even begin to fathom. It makes no sense to me as, because before I, before I, I went into management, I was a carrier and there's stories of carriers that, you know, you get, um, these envelopes that have a nickel in them or a diamond right. or, a do- or a dollar bill in them and carriers who would take those nickels. And I'm thinking, you're being paid real good for a job. And that nickels, those nickels are going to make a difference in your life. Right. It doesn't make, that, that stuff never made sense to me. It makes no, to this day makes no sense to me. And even the same thing with, with stuff that, you know, um, uh, grandma's Christmas card or whatever. Right. You're going to risk a well-paying job with a pension as long as you, for, for some, for a $20 Walmart gift card. Right. You gotta be, you gotta be kidding me, man. You know, I, we joke about it. You know, we, 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 we joke about it at, in, in the evenings when we're, when we're doing our deposit from the end of the day, you know, and we joke about it. And it's like, so do you think walking away with, I said, look, I said, we don't make enough money in this post office for me to walk away. I right. said, because, you know, I, I mean, honestly, my job pays me well enough that it, it would take millions of dollars first off. And I would have to be able to go someplace where I could never be extradited. You know, I mean, right. that, that would be, and, and there's, so there's not enough, there's not enough incentive in it for me at least well, to do that. A man has nothing if he ha- doesn't have his integrity and his character. That's and right. And, it, and you know, it's amazing to me, me and you, we have a basic fundamental understanding of that. And a lot of that yeah. has to do with the way we were brought up, we were raised, the community that we live in played a part in that. Yep. And it amazes me that every now and then, somebody in the same situation as you and me, you read about them in the paper, a county clerk or somebody that worked at a government office is being charged with embezzlement. And that just oh, yeah. that blows my mind. Um, oh. I knew somebody like that back in, in Missouri that, uh, same situation. She worked for a hospital and I'm like, what in the world were you? Th- who were, we don't know you. We thought we knew you. Um, I, it just, and it happens every so often, every so often. Right. right. So, and it, it breaks my heart when it does, because again, that, that person, they're just a footnote in my mind to somebody that I thought I knew that I used to know. They're nothing more yeah. to me now. So hey, exactly. My you were talking about integrity. My grandfather taught me one thing and 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 it's something I well he taught me many things, right. but this one particular thing. Um he, I can remember him saying to me one day, he said, You know, Rich, he said, A man can take everything, everything you have from you but one thing. And I kinda looked at him and in, in my teenage years and i looked at him and i said well what are you talking about granddad he said the one thing that a man cannot take from you is your integrity you have to give that away yeah and that's true that's very true i you know i was in a position years ago where um i i felt defeated by the powers that be uh the i worked for the government and i it felt right. like i just could not win i couldn't make a case for myself uh, I lost so much, uh, you know, material-wise right. and emotionally, too. But the one thing I didn't lose was who I was, and I could sleep at night. Even if other people didn't, you know, if if they thought of me like I thought of the woman that was embezzling money, I knew it was wrong right. for them to think that way. 
I wasn't in the wrong, but and, and I don't have to live with them. I have to live with myself. Exactly. So yeah. that's what it boils down to, and I have to hold an account to my maker for those actions too. And I that's have, true. I have absolutely no problems, no qualms. I did lose a lot, lost emotionally. I lost friends over that situation. And I'll, I'll say this: even eleven years later, almost eleven years later, um, it still hurts. I, I wake up after having dreams about some of these people that were involved, one of my best, actually my best friend at that time betrayed me to no end. Mm -hmm. And it it still hurts. And it's something I have forgiven these people. Um, But my subconscious, you know, you say forgive and forget. Yeah, that's easily said when it becomes part of your life and who you are and what makes you after the fact. Those things that happened to me made me a better person. I'm right. I used to be friends with anybody, Rich, anybody, anybody that came up to me and and flashed a smile and sh- reached out for my hand. I immediately took them into my circle and made them my best friend. Not anymore. They right. they don't go any further than my acquaintance until I get to know them for a year or two. You're sure, one, sure. you are one of those friends inside my circle. I will say I appreciate that. that. I I mean that with all my heart. I don't and and an Alamogordo. Uh, I'll just tell you, I've only got a few. I've only got a few. One of them is my good friend Mitch, and uh, then there's you, and um, there, there's a there's a couple of other people. Um, I'm not gonna name everybody. There's but but I have acquaintances, and right. uh, if I need something, I will try to call them a friend because I know that they'll, they'll you done it for me before me when I had my surgery yeah. two years ago. Yep. You came over and helped me put some stuff in the garage and. And help me put this bed together that we had ordered. I couldn't right. do it. I couldn't do it. Um, now, if if I couldn't get, if you were busy, whatever, I would understand. We all have lives, right? And then right. I would I would call an acquaintance. I would pay an acquaintance. I wouldn't pay a friend. <laughs> no, and I'll tell you why. That sounds mean and ornery. It's not that I'm cheap. It's that I respect our friendship too much to insult no, it. Well, and that's that's just it. A friend would never expect it. Right. Right. You know, that's. I, you know, those, uh, a true friend, you know, you do things out of the goodness of your heart. And that's, no. that's what it, you know, I mean, you just, because that's the right thing to do. Now, I said all that to say this, Rich. I may be moving the next part of next year. <laughs> so I may call you and say, hey, can you. Dude, I ain't I'm, going to Arizona, man. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't have you do that. <laughs> I wouldn't have you do that. <laughs> I, I don't know, though. It might be a good thing, you know. I, you, I mean, well, you've been to, you've got family there. Right, yeah, right, exactly. So. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm just, you know, we're, we're going to try to have everything boxed up and ready to go if and when we do move. And that'll be, you know, right. that'll be a fun experience, I'm sure. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I'm, I'm hoping this is the last move we ever make too, but, uh, I've said that before. So we'll, right, right. we'll see that you. again. So, um, but anyway, that, that, that's a good thing. Integrity and friendship. And, uh, I'm glad we touched on that because it is, especially through this COVID thing. I know that there's a lot of people out there that are down and depressed and for whatever, they're not making money. They're not, not seeing the people in their circles. Everybody, you know, I, you know, and- one of, one of the things that I absolutely hate about this wear a mask, wear a mask thing. I absolutely hate it is because you used to be able to look at a stranger and smile and get a smile back. Right, right. You can't do that. You the, cannot do that anymore. And and the other thing that I've, I've noticed as the time progresses through this thing is 
people are becoming, I don't know if angry is the right word, but mm-hmm. they're, frustra- they're frustrated, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, I've had my own wife come to me, you know, upset. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it. I said, I know. I am, too. And, like, I work from home, like we mentioned earlier in the show. Not a whole lot has changed for me. But for one, you know, I I used to joke, I can't wait to sit down in Denny's. Well, now you can't right. sit down in Denny's. You can sit out in the parking lot in Denny's. Right, That's right. one thing I miss. Um, I miss the smiles. I, I miss the... Yeah. I really do. I really do. And- and you know you you see that you see you see that frustration in the shortness of people you know I mean, yeah it, and and it's sad you know and, and uh, you know uh, it, it's hard I'm I'm the kind of I, I'm the kind of person even at work you know I'm trying to laugh I'm trying to keep things light you know and it's getting tough you know I mean people are frustrated and I understand where the because I'm frustrated sometimes too man I get oh yeah uh, you know I get tired of it too just like everybody else you know and uh, my favorite you know, but you, you see it you know you just yep. see what's hap- you see what's happening to people across the spectrum you know it's yep. not it's not just a it's not it's not just the grumpy person now it's the people that were never grumpy people are now becoming grumpy people you know that's that's what you know that's what's real sad about this whole thing and and i'm sure like you said you know not being able to see a person smile not to smile at somebody not to smile at the cashier and 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 maybe that smile makes that person's day whatever it may be yeah but you know even those of us who feel that direction i think we're becoming frustrated because we no longer express ourselves we don't well, get the jim said something back when all this started that this mask takes away from a person's personality right and and what what it is it's whether it's intentional or not it's taking away from a personality uh the you know uh, the identity thing that's the other part of it we're no longer people we're 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 not the person in the store that you know. I used to look at somebody and go, "Hey, I see you've got you're picking up this product. It's in your cart, or you're putting." It. I, I was thinking about getting that. Have you used this before or done? You know, and now right. we look at them, and there's that mask, and that's like a wall. Don't talk right, to them. Right. They maintain your six and, feet distance. So they keep saying we're we're all in this together, but they're doing everything they can to keep us apart. And I had a very inter- interesting interaction at work the other day, oh, yeah? as a matter of fact, um, concerning exactly this. So I was dealing with a customer at the at the blue door there, and um, we were talking about how this mask, these masks, have the same thing. Basically, what we're talking about how it's it's becoming frustrating, you know, and it's and it's really changing people, you know. And we were talking about, and I she said something to me, and I didn't hear. her. And I kind of joked about. I said, I think these masks sort of work like earmuffs. You know, we, well, we don't do. hear. Yeah, we don't. He- we don't hear as well. And she said, you know what? She said, she said, she said, even normal hearing people read lips. She said, but I'm deaf in one ear. She said, I read. I used to read lips a lot. She said, and so it has affected me in that way. And I was like, wow, man. You know, it just it that struck me as such a thing. You know that. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. That 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 effect of people who maybe have low hearing not even people who are deaf but people who maybe have a little bit of hearing problems you tend to look at people and you watch what they're saying and you 
whether you unconsciously do it or not, you're still reading their, you're reading yeah. what they're saying, you know, by, by how they're, you know, their facial expressions. Happen. Yeah, it does. And, and I'll it's, tell you from experience how I know, because I've, I've been in business communication courses, I've taught them, and I've always taught people, when you talk to somebody, look them in the eye. Right. And you know right. what I have found out? We don't, even if you're trained to do that, you 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 often don't. You look at their lips when they're talking. Right, right, and, right. And then, because I've done this and I've caught myself, oh, I'm looking at their lips. Yeah, may, look them in the eye. Look them in the eye. So we do that. It it is natural for some. Yeah, because that's where the sounds coming from, right? Right. So right, right. So I I understand that, and I understand how difficult that could be for somebody uh, who is hearing impaired too. And, and it doesn't help even if you're not hearing impaired. Maybe a little bit. I, right. I noticed today that when I talked to Sarah and I had the mask on, my my own voice was a little muffled even to myself. Right. So I right. Did, but I guess that kind of I, I really hope I'm I'm tired of everybody saying that this is the new normal. And oh I, I almost get mad when I hear it. Um because yeah. I refuse to accept this as oh, the I, new normal. Yeah, yeah. I, I real I refuse to I got an email from somebody this week. Uh, we're all in this together. This is the new normal. And I wanted I so wanted to email this person back. This might be the new normal for you, but not for me. But I thought, well, no, you know, it's one of those things that might get me in trouble. So, yeah. So I didn't. But they, from the minute this happened, every TV commercial, it didn't matter if you were buying what you were buying, car insurance or, or a brand new car. We're all in this together. Right. Know? And of course, you can't go and look at the dealership hardly anymore for cars. You got to call right. and make an appointment or buy it online. It's, it's so ridiculous. I'm sick of so, so it. I'm, I'm going to tell you another. <laughs> I'm going to tell you another humorous thing. I, um, as as I was telling you earlier today, I I had to travel for um, not such a good reason, but uh, I had yeah. to go back to I had to go back to New York, and uh, I flew. I got mm-hmm. on an air. I got on an airplane. Right? How was that? Well, here's the hilarious thing: you have to wear a mask, and you're sitting shoulder to shoulder with people. Yeah, wear the mask, but forget about social distancing, right? Uh, yeah. Right, right. There was no social distancing on that airplane. And everybody you know? gets to use the little two-square-foot bathroom, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. At, least, at, least, at least my flights weren't that very long, so it wasn't no, that, that wasn't such a big deal. But, I mean, I'm sitting shoulder to shoulder next to the guy sitting next to me, you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. so what's the big deal about six feet, you know? What the, <laughs> you right. know, I, I, I'm. Uh, you know, I, I think that's where, and I think that's where a lot of people get frustrated too, is because on one hand they're saying, "Oh, you got to do X, Y, and Z," but then when you go do something else, X, Y, and Z doesn't apply anymore. I was in a store yesterday. I'm not going to name the store because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I walk, there, I walk up to the store. There's, it wasn't Walmart. I'll tell you that. There's a big sign on the door. You must wear a mask to enter the store. Okay. Okay. I know where you're. I know where you were at. <laughs> I, I don't think you do. Oh, really? It wasn't in Alamogordo. Oh, okay. So I walk in, and to my left, there's a clerk behind a cash register, and there's no mask on him. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. So here, here's. It's not that he has one; and he has it pulled down. Uh huh. He doesn't have one at all, wrapped around right. his neck or anything. I right. thought, well, okay, you know, and I don't blame him. 
you're working, you're stocking the store, you're running, ringing up people, you're hot. Right. And, and maybe he's got a health condition on top of it. Right. So I get what I need. I go up there. It's his lunchtime, and a lady comes out of the office to, t- to relieve him. She doesn't have one on either. Right. Well, the person in front of me is ringing up an item, and there's a problem with the cash register, so she has to go and get the ma- a manager. She hollers for the manager. The third manager comes out of the office. They're not wearing one either. Right. And I thought, okay, these people realize how ridiculous this is. And exactly. the, only, the only reason that sign's on the door is because they're covering themselves liability-wise. Because they don't want anybody to report them to the governor or whatever. And oh, I, yeah, of course. I, I get that. But the minute I saw that third person, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not doing this. Right, I'm not. right. I, uh, there, there's so much evidence that says the mask really... It, it might help a little bit, but there's nothing conclusive. If they came out with a statement tomorrow that said, we have discovered something new, and it proves 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were a mask, your chances of getting the virus are decreased by at least 85-90%. Right. I would wear a mask. Oh, yeah. Especially if I knew that the, the virus was as prevalent. It, it's not as prevalent as they say it is. Exactly. If it was, everybody I know would, ha- or half of everybody I know would have it. Look, if it, here, here's my here, here's here's my my litmus test to the virus. Okay. Uh huh. If the virus was as prevalent as they claim it is, and I'm not saying it's real, I believe it's real. Sure. But if it was, if it was as prevalent as they said it is. Explain to me how Walmart is still staffed. Explain to me how Lowe's is still staffed. The post office, for that matter, are still staffed. Yeah. Or any other essential business. If it was that prevalent, how would they keep staffing? We we would all be laying on our backs in bed if that was the case. Now, I I say that I, I will say this. I know one person, their family, had the virus. And they, they didn't even live anywhere around here, but they're all over it. They're better. Um, and that, I, that's a whole other issue, but, uh, you're right. We, we'd, we'd all be on our backs, sick and dying. Right. And, and most of the people that they say have died of the virus. No, there's something else going on there. That, and that's been proven most of I, the time. I won't say all of the time. I have an 82 year old aunt mm-hmm. who was tested positive, survived. And it's still kicking. So, you know, (laughs) yeah. So it it, it is definitely interesting, but uh, I I can't wait. I wish the, the, and basically, I don't blame the president for, I I don't even blame the federal government for all the nonsense that's that's been happening. I blame it on the individual government, governors. And I think, I think there's something going on behind the, the scene, behind the doors. Oh, yeah. Outside of they're trying to make a fool out of the president. I mean, that's established. You got people like Bill Maher saying two years ago, I pray to God we have an economic breakdown that'll ruin Trump. Um, that, that's just so terrible. You, you pray that people will lose their jobs, their income and and go into stages of depression and suicide so you can get rid of Trump. You're, you're a snake. You are a snake. And uh, you're not even worthy of being called a human being almost if you have that much hatred for one person to want to destroy as many others. And uh, I'll just leave that right there. <laughs> so, have, 
Have you ever have you watched the movie V for Vendetta? No, I have not. I heard something about it. Set set in uh, exactly what's happening right now is what the movie's all about. Okay, and it and it is set in the year twenty twenty. I think it was produced in oh six. Interesting. Yeah, I'll, it, I'll have to check that out. Very interesting. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Well, it has definitely been some interesting stuff going on. Yeah. So as as you can imagine, uh, we've gone over time a little bit. And I'm going to continue to do that because I'm going to go back and do some editing. Sure. And keep it cleaned up because we we did have some technical problems earlier, and that's okay. Um, I, I'm anxious to see what else happens this week with the stimulus if Congress can get in agreement with the president and see you know what's going right. to happen there. Um, right. And I'm anxious to see. Uh, I think this post office thing will die down. And uh, oh yeah, you know. And I'm I'm really anxious to see how the the voting is. Uh, I, I was talking to my dad the other day, and he has a theory. We were talking about you know the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa protesters, uh-huh. and those those seem to have calmed down just a little bit. I, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just not in the know on that aspect because I do not watch mainstream media. But um, my Facebook feed is as close as I get to mainstream media. Uh, Yeah, right. Even then, I do a lot of fact-checking myself. Um, Got to. Yeah. Oh, which I brought this up in a show last week. I don't know if you heard it. You know, if you you post a story on Facebook and it says, uh, this has been proven false, you know, the the Facebook fact-checkers. Oh. (laughs) Put that little thing up. This has been proven false. Click here to see why. Now they got a new one. It says uh, our checkers, you know, the, there's missing context, and we oh, have determined okay. that this story might mislead you. What that means <laughs> is, that I'll tell you exactly. I'm going to put this in layman's English. It means it's not true, but we can't tell you it's not true, so we want you to think it's not true. That's right, all right. it means. So I'm not right. fooled by that one at all, and uh, it's just another form of uh, backdoor censorship, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yep. But I started going somewhere with all that. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, I don't watch the mainstream media. But my brother has a, and my dad have this theory that I asked him, I said, why doesn't Trump go in and clean up these protesters, these cities that have let the, let these groups destroy themselves? Clean up. And, you know, he's like, well, you know, there are some people that say that it's not in the Constitution that he can't do that. He says, I, but I think that's debatable. And I think it is too. I think there's got to be something in there. So, yeah, I would agree it's debatable because you have martial law. Okay. Um, well, martial law, martial law turns every state government over to the military. Right. So you end up with but, military generals. But there's not even a provision in the Constitution for martial law. To my knowledge. Now, I know it can be done because it has been done before in our country. Um, you know, that yeah, Abraham Lincoln did basically the yeah. same thing, equivalent to it. Of course, it was a time right, of war. Right, right. One right. might I'd say, have... and here's the argument, one might say we are in a time of war, not with foreign enemies, but domestic. And I will, right. I will be as bold to say that Schumer and Pelosi and AOC and all these other people, uh, uh, you know, um, some, some of those ladies from Wisconsin... Uh, in that area, uh, they are domestic enemies. And uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, my, my, my thought was, why doesn't he go in there and just put his foot down and stop this nonsense? He says, well, well here, here's, here's his response, Rich. Let me tell you what he said, and then I'll, okay. I'll ask you what you think. He said, if he does, the, the media is going to play him out like a tyrant. They already do, but they're going to make, see, this proves it. This man is not worthy of being the president, and it will hurt the election. Now, he says, if we lose the, if he, if he loses the election, this country will never, ever be the same. Ever. And if we win the election, then he's got nothing to lose if he wins. And right. at that point, he may go in, you know, you know, throw some punches and take names. That's, yes. So. So there's a couple things, you know, you got to kind of look at with that. You got the pasta comitatus, you yeah. know, uh, you know, that's, that's probably the first and foremost thing that, that stands in the way. But I think what he's, that man, he, he's a strategic, yeah, he, he, he strategically does things. Well, like and we so said, you, he's four steps ahead. You look, you look at places like South Dakota, okay, Governor Nome, right? Yeah. Their numbers are next to nothing and they didn't do anything did, right? yep. they didn't do diddly but he's showing he's he is showing at at, at every turn uh portland seattle you know these places where they just absolutely destroyed everything and nothing being done and and he is letting the people see what is gonna happen or what is happening by having these bleeding hearts in offices and not protecting the citizenry equally you know i i think it's a i think i think it's a sheer plan to show people exactly these these people that been making you all these promises and and oh it's all about you and it's all about the the neighborhood or whatever it's not right yeah you know we've you know, here in New Mexico, okay. So our our wonderful governor, <laughs> as long as long as we make right now, didn't she say about a month ago? As long as we get to these gating criteria, we can open up, right? Right. We've made the gating. New Mexico has made it down below the gating requirements that she had originally said we needed to be at to be able to open up. But yeah. she still isn't op- she still isn't opening up. So well, it's because it's misleading and it's a lie and it's all about control, right? How right. long can she hang on to that control and how long can she make that control as tight as possible? Right. I, I exactly. really hope and pray to God that when she comes up for re-election, I, I, this is what I'd like to see: her own party turn against her. I would really like to see that. Don't don't think that'll happen, but I know it's happened before with other people. Uh, oh, yeah. Other politicians where they're like, yeah, you know, we're we don't have your back. You've already proven you don't have ours. It, it and, could, but I doubt it. But I'm I'm hoping that when she comes up for re-election, it, she loses by a landslide. Well, and I and and here's the other thing that I mean I, I I've kind of been seeing going on is is within the Democrat Party they're so divided it's not even funny. You know, you right. got you got the far left. And then you got the moderate. Yeah. You know, and the moderate, the moderate Democrats aren't, they're not on board with all this freaking crazy 
out there on the far left side, you know. Right. And and that's you know it's dividing their party hard. It's real hard, you know. I mean they're they're just they're they're I you know it's something that the media is not really covering, you know. But the walkaways and all of that stuff, it's it's happening, you know. I mean I, I right. people are they're they're finally seeing what it's all about, you know. And there's a lot of people waking up to what's happening, you know. Yep. And and that's you know. Unfortunately, it took this insanity to get there, but yep, absolutely. We're in a crazy yeah. spot. That's that's for sure. As long as you know, uh, people. Sometimes I feel this is all like the weather. We can all talk about it, but there's nothing we can do about it. So, <laughs> um, I, I guess that's what that's. This is all about. You know, we we trudge right. through another day, take it one day at a time, one month at a time, and hopefully exactly. the the day will come. When we can raise our flag high, our, our enemies, foreign and domestic, have been defeated. The American way of life that we used to enjoy is back in our pockets. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I love the thought of that. I love, love it all because if, if we don't, we'll never be the same again. You look oh, at countries like that. Venezuela, we will make Venezuela look like a walk in the park because yeah. our, our geographic, our demographics are different. Our economic platform is different. Uh, people from America, we may get to the point where they look to move to Venezuela. If we, yeah. if we don't get a grasp on our country, and literally, I mean, this is a cliche, take our country back, but that's what we have to do. We oh, yeah. absolutely have to. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. If you're a de- I, I don't understand a Democrat who does not see what's going on right now. As far as I'm concerned, they're not a Democrat. They're not even an American. And I know those are harsh words, but I'm putting them into, into context of the, you know, the definition of America that I grew up in. Let me put it that way. Right, so, right. Anyway, there, oh, there's San, San Antonio George. That does mean we are, <laughs> we are out of time. He's telling me to shut up. Uh, I, Rich, I want to thank you for joining me. We had a few audio problems starting out. We got it all taken care of. Uh, I hope yeah. you have a blessed day. I hope we both do excel. In our professional careers to, on the morrow. And, uh, I, I pray that, uh, God will bless America. This has been a, a very enlightening conversation with you, Rich. Enjoyable. I've enjoyed the Definitely. fellowship. I've embo- enjoyed the edification and the education as well. I hope you all have a good night. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Check out our website at ourfantasticwebsite.com. Send us an email at ourfantasticwebsite at gmail.com. I'll shut up now. Y'all have a good night. 